0: I'd like to ask you in a very non-sexual way, uh, what are you wearing? Jess, I'm glad that you've asked. I'm wearing Mike's big baggy like basketball shorts and I'm wearing that Super Bowl big baggy t-shirt with yesterday's socks on and my squeaky Nike trainers because I was going to do a workout this morning and then just never got around to it. And I also haven't got round to showering or brushing my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the visual that I've got in my head is sort of Ted Danson in Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, it's really, really similar to that. Also, I've had my hair cut just like that too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, great. Millie?
1: I'm wearing elasticated waist cotton trues. They're a bit like a jogger. Mm-hmm. But they're lighter, more breathable. Mm.
0: Sounds like a combat, combat trouser. More like a fisherman trouser. Mm. Okay. And I'm wearing
1: a red checked shirt with Mickey Mouse emblazoned. I like that shirt and I love it. And um, I am wearing yesterday's knickers and I too have not
0: showered or brushed my teeth today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jess? I am wearing a uh, linen dress that it's sort of like a shirt dress and I got it, I bought it online um, last year, I think, in the sale and I thought, I'll wear that one, it's summer and um, it's sort of now been summer for the last month. Not officially, Mm. but I know what you mean. So I've been, um, yeah, kind of mooching around the house in this um, and underneath that, I'm actually just wearing my birthday suit. So underneath all your clothes, you're actually just sitting there naked? Yeah, so I've got underwear on, but under that, under that, I'm starkers. But I feel comfortable being that way at home, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oof, it's all it's all got a bit bit blue, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Speaking of blue, <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> the band, no, the song. You know, I'm blue. Nah, blue nah. <laughs> <laughs> da-boo-dee, 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 da-boo-dee. Before we started this call, it would have been a comedic scene had you been able to see me running around the front room trying to usher out a fly who just would not be ushered. And it was the noisiest fly ever. <laughs> and you know, when they're just relentlessly headbutting the glass, and you're like, guys, look. Yeah. This window is open. Yeah. Uh huh. So help yourself. And then, as the window was open, he eventually flew out as another one flew in. <laughs> and then I was running around like a blue ass fly trying to usher these stubborn and stupid flies out of the room. They are and, so stubborn. Yeah, and so stupid. I never really get it with flies and bees and all those things. Do they not have peripheral vision or is it very limited? Because you'd think it's a sash window. Mm-hmm. So you've got a situation where half of the window isn't window, it's just open, and then the other half is a yeah. window. And they're relentlessly just ploughing into that sheet of glass. Yeah. And it's like, can there, <clears throat> is there no kind of sense of any kind of wider...
1: I don't, I don't think that would make a difference, though. I don't, I don't think it's to do with what they see. I think it's just like they, they don't understand that that's not thin air.
0: Yeah, I think the concept of glass is totally beyond them. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of expect it of a fly because they're kind of like they're wily but they're also sort of just like big brutes. but when when a bee falls into that trap you sort of feel disappointed in it just like I expected better from you you can make honey I think a fly has no trouble seeking out a piece of shit which it will gladly crawl around on for hours (laughs) (laughs) Um, which again I think ties into the feeling that Fly is a bit of a ruffian. Yeah. A jack, a jack, the lad. But, but yeah, again, it's like you'd expect more from a bee. And everyone's like, oh, they're really intelligent, and you can fucking can't you strap a letter to their leg and they can deliver it to someone? Isn't they like on their levels of like bee ness that we can't even comprehend of like how clever they are, and they've got like an infrastructure within their. You know, societies and hierarchies, and it's like, well, why the fuck are you I just fly out of an open window? Then what we're dealing with is very specific skills which are non-transferable. I was sitting in the garden the other day, um, trying to redesign nature in my mind and thinking, how good it would be if I could just make things work a little bit more to my will. Like, why can't slugs eat the weeds instead of the good? Instead of the good shit. Instead of the good shit. Because that would be great. What are they? What purpose are they serving? Do you think in the food chain? What are they contributing? Well, what kind of a question is that? They're in the food chain. Also, like in the Lion King, it's like, but the antelope to the grass, and that, and then they're the lion's food, and the lions become the grass. And mm. a slug feels like it's a dead end. It's just it's just food. A slug feels like a dead end and and a pest. I'd like to take you back to the childhood times where it was suggested, let's say, to pour salt on them.
1: Yeah, I remember that very well because I watched you pour salt on a slug once.
0: I don't know if that's true, but I've heard about people doing it. What do you
1: mean I don't know if that's true? I'm telling you it's true. We've all learnt a
0: lot and there are things that we don't do that we used to do that w- or we may or may not have done that we now no longer definitely don't do. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's far, there's far less killing these days, isn't yeah.
0: there? I think growing up you have to learn about what's right and wrong yeah. and sometimes to learn it you have to do it right.
1: um,
0: mm. in the same way as being told, you know, don't put your hand in, in the fire, it'll hurt. You have to do it to know. Mm.
1: Yeah, like like if I if I stamp on a tadpole, it will die, and I know that now because I did it. <gasps> did you? Yeah, I did when I was a oh, kid. No. I know it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, isn't it?
0: Oh well, the thing is, though. The thing is, as a child, I think those things are par for the course. Um, they're not. I'm not excusing any of it. It's horrible. Um, but obviously, there's a there's a line that's crossed when it's like. Yeah, you know, did anyone else used to get frogs and sort of pull their legs off and torture them? You know, that's when it's like that's fucked up. Yeah, like you know, when you were little and you used to, you'd put a puppy in a microwave. Everyone did that, right? <laughs> um But yeah, but the thing, so so I think like, and especially with insects, like there's some, I guess there's a there's a distance between how we view them. They're different from a mammal. Mm. Um, And I mean, obviously, from this conversation, we can tell that we think they're fucking Mm. great. (laughs) Um, But I think I have a big problem with people, with adults, that treat insects in that way. I just don't fucking get it. You know, like, oh, I found a spider in the flat. And, oh, did you throw it out the window? No, I killed it. Why? Yeah, I I don't don't really get that. Oh, I saw a pigeon the other day. And, yeah, I just killed it. Why? Oh, I was in my way. You don't need to do that. If
1: I killed everyone who was in my way, I would have... Killed so many people during this
0: fucking lockdown. This lockdown really, really has um, shown people to be arseholes or not, hasn't it? Mm. It's like the world is divided into people who will move out of your way and respect the rules and people who just don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, and people who are happy for you to walk into oncoming traffic so that they don't have to from their path at all. Like, it, fair enough, you're out there trying to stay healthy during this time but what i will say to 90% of the joggers that i've seen during this time is fuck right off because they seem to just think that because they're they're exercising in that particular way that the rules just don't don't apply you're fucking huffing and puffing in my face like deal with the fact that you're going to have to alter your
0: regular running thing. I would say that I have this same issue with runners or joggers um, all the time. That they ha- they think they have carte blanche to plough through a group of people or a picnic or anything. A picnic? <laughs> <laughs> because they're wearing sports clothes and have yeah. a fucking phone strapped to their arm or whatever. And it's like, no, yeah. we're all sharing the same space. And You don't get more rights over it because you're moving at a faster pace than I am. Exactly. But they're
1: they're in their own world and like their journey and they're living their best life. So they mean more than you.
0: I think that those same people have carried that same spirit through to lockdown. And they have. Ain't nothing going to change. And I think the same thing with the people who don't move out of the way. Those people are the same people in normal times. When you're walking down a street and you find that you're... If there was a kind of bird's eye view, like if you were looking at the Marauders map and you could see the yeah. dot that was you, only. Your, your tracks would just be a constant sort of zigzag, darting around people, letting people through. Or mine would mm, be yeah. anyway. And I just started to think, like, am I the person doing it wrong then? Because I'm, I'm always the one, and this isn't to do with lockdown, but just sort of generally, like, um, if I'm always the one giving way, um, and getting nothing back for the most part, maybe yeah. I should start just not, like, what would happen if I didn't? I think
1: you'd have a far happier life not giving a fucking shit. It's a curse
0: to give a shit. Yeah, it is, Milly. However, there is now um, oh, here we go a warm blanket of of comfort that um comes from the smug satisfaction of knowing that you are in the right which i wrap around me whenever possible yeah oh
1: what's everyone been doing today
0: i made a coffee and bailey's
1: cake god you are just domestic bliss
0: that sounds fucking great it is Uh, i'm i'm proud of myself because i'm not a very confident cook and this cake has turned out really well but I would say that the flavourings are mild. Could have had at least double the coffee. And I think you'd really have to sort of have a Baileys with the cake in order to get a real sense of Baileys. What,
1: what icing have you got in there, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Baileys. Just Baileys? Baileys with <laughs> icing sugar.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Whoa. Shut up. I will not shut up. Oh, shit. I would just eat that straight from the bowl. How do you make Baileys better? Um, Just dump a load of icing sugar in it and make it into a paste. Yeah. I
0: don't know why Baileys doesn't have an all year round consumption. It's so, Ooh. so good. Um, oh. And I, I remember um, hearing, and I'd like to state this is, this is hearsay, but I got into a conversation uh, with somebody about a man called Tommy who used to be in the TV show Ground Force. And he was a handyman who would help structure Mm. the gardens along with Charlie Dimmock and and Alan Titchmarsh. Can't remember his full name. Tommy Walsh. Walsh. Yes. Um, Lovely guy, well, he seemed it. And someone had some intel on him, and I'm not quite sure how or why, that apparently his tipple in a pub (laughs) is a pint of Bailey's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, imagine, wow. That would be so expensive. And so, so expensive. So calorie. I mean, you, surely not like, he, that's that's what he's on all night. Like, yeah, I had five, five Baileys imagine, last night. I mean, obviously not. Oh,
1: Im- imagine having the, the gumption or the gall <laughs> <to go out laughs> and look someone in the eye and say, I'll have a pint of Baileys,
0: please. <laughs> but they'd have to measure it out in 50 mil shots and charge yeah, it Yeah, like shot, that. be shot. So and you're looking at seventy-five percent um, markup, aren't you? In a pub, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. How how many shots go into a oh god? How many mils in a pint? It's sort of roughly half a liter, isn't it? It's it's a bit more. So five hundred mil. yeah So say there's ten fifty mils. And you're looking at at least four pounds fifty for that. Right. So it'd be <clears> ten
1: ten Baileys, basically. Yeah. So you're looking
0: at. Easily £42.50. <laughs> <laughs> and a bottle of Baileys in a shop is about 15 quid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He'd be better off just staying at home, mate. I don't know why he's bothering going to the pub.
0: I want to know how they know this about him because I wonder if it's, it's not his regular drink, but it was just there was a sighting of him once. <laughs> And maybe it was, like, just a low point or a high point, arguably, yeah. where he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to get a pint and just ask straight up for a pint. And then instantly, <laughs> eyes and ears around him, just zoomed in on that one thing and were like, right. If you ever saw anyone ordering that, you would never forget it and you'd tell everyone that you knew. Yeah. yeah. I think it would, that would be the high
1: point. If I was flying oh, yeah. high, I'd order a pint of Bailey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if not meant to be drunk in pints, I think we can all agree... So my point is why doesn't he just walk up and say can I have a bottle of, a bottle of Baileys please <laughs> there's a lot of questions James. <laughs> just... <laughs> I also uh, feel like he would have the strength of character to own up to it if it was yeah. true because yeah. I don't think he's afraid of anything he's got no reason to be You don't
1: you don't think he's afraid of anything
0: <laughs> he's got no reason to be
1: That's what she's she got no reason to be <laughs> We're very quickly like
0: elevating Tommy Walsh into like godlike <laughs> status. I just think he's a stand-up, you know, medium bloke. Mm. And if he wants to waltz into a pub and buy a pint of Baileys, I just think fair play. Oh, so you... someone's someone's hovering outside outside my house. They're peering through my front hedge. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it Tommy Walsh? (laughs) Oh, I know who it is. It's it's a false (laughs) alarm. Don't worry. Well, I tell you what. I realised in my room that the the placement of my mirror means that basically there's a flat that kind of overlook my room. (laughs) Okay. But if I back away from the window, I'm unseen. So I confidently strut about um, in my mm. birthday suit, and I realised recently that the mirror
1: has ah. fucked that
0: because I can see them in their flat. And if they, if you can see them, they can see you. So um, bless them; they must have had quite, oh. quite the sight. How you feel like? Well, if they're sort of glued to their window, like, like quite an eye. If, if, if I sit like this, I can, I can get a glimpse. You think, oh, well, fair play, if you've worked for it, then all right, here you go. Well, a part of me thinks that in these times, maybe it's giving them <laughs> a lift that they need. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not kind of performing in any way. It's very much functional okay. movements around my room. The most they're going to see is a girl completely naked, struggling desperately to open a bottle of Bailey's <laughs> and pour it into a pint glass in her room. <laughs> and then eventually they'll probably see me um sort of passing out in bed with the, with the bottle still in my hand. And good luck to him. But um no but it's funny because I think with the with the Thursday night um clapping we've seen here in London and I'm sure it's the same for lots of people you see faces emerging you know out of front doors and windows that you've never seen
1: I've never seen these fucking people we live on the same street I've like never seen all the people who live in my building I've seen
0: like maybe two neighbours before and then there's a then there's a a couple of raised eyebrows at the houses where no one comes out Mm. and someone someone told me the other day um, this is the the gossip um, from my end do you know the vicar never comes out to clap on a Thursday night. Has, has someone actually said that? Yes. Is there a vicar on your road? Yeah. Oh! What? Did, has
1: Watford turned into the arches. <laughs> yes. So there you
0: go. I didn't know there was a vicar on the road. How exciting. You thought of popping around and confessing. Yeah, I don't know the difference between religions and I don't know which one you confess to. But either way, I'm not going to do that. Um, what I will say is that there is a baby sort of wailing my name um, that I might have to go oh. and attend to. Okay. Um, well, mm. you go and enjoy that. Send her our love. Oh. I'm sure she will <clears throat> um, take that on board. Oh. Um, Shall I, I leave you with, with a quote and you can guess what it's from? Yes, please. Okay. Okay, I'll do an easy one for you. Okay. Mm. I'll be really the judge of that. Oh men lose heart. I don't want to lose heart. I want to believe
1: as he does. Braveheart, Robert the Bruce talking to his father. Thank you, and good
0: night. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Bye, love. Bye. Ah, oh, Mills, that's um that brings back some painful memories for me.
1: Oh yeah, that was a—you had a hard time of it, didn't you? And you did look like—is it leprosy that Robert the Bruce's dad had? And in fact, historically, Robert the Bruce actually died from leprosy. Eventually. Okay, well, that would make
0: sense then. I was a victim. Oh, going way back now. <laughs> I was a victim, probably in about two thousand thirteen of uh, bed bugs in a hotel in Dublin actually in Dublin in oh god not the most exotic <laughs> of places um and i was absolutely riddled when i woke up in the morning with these awful bites that progressed and progressed throughout the course of the day and became sort of yellow and inflamed and pussy and luckily we had a gig that evening didn't we <laughs> yeah yeah so that was the nice part where we had a gig sold out may I add um that that I had to obviously really? no biggie form in so I um I donned a hat and I think a long sleeved top because it was all on my face arms back body legs feet (laughs) everywhere it was fucking everywhere um and uh yeah and sort of troweled troweled makeup all over and and got through it with good grace but then basically the rest of the time on that tour i wore kind of a shawl around my head to try and hide (laughs) it and so i (laughs) photos were taken of me and then they were sent on a whatsapp group with a photo of robert the bruce's father on the so the photo is split in two of of him versus me
1: um some of the people listening might have actually been at that at that gig it was when we played at the was it the pepper canister um church yeah we did like a couple of nights there i think it was and that absolute legend brought guinness down the aisle to us yeah
0: he uh we said because it was a church and obviously didn't have a bar and we said oh it'd be so he said can I get you anything and they usually give you in your dressing room um some beers and some you know bits of food to kind of nibble on and stuff and so he said do you need anything else and we kind of jokingly said well a pint of Guinness would be fucking great seeing as we're in Dublin and um knowing that it was impossible and then I think in the encore um damo was the guy wasn't he and the the, the door opened and he walks sort of down the aisle of the church with this tray with these three gleaming glass pints of guinness
1: a heavenly light shone upon him as he glided down the aisle and he said yeah well i
0: went to the pub down the road and told them and they said yeah it was fine and he walked all the way up the street holding balancing these three pints <laughs> absolute legend what a legend. I mean, looking back on it, the only thing I regret is not asking for a pint of Bailey's.